Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. Fourth time's the charm. Oh, Bobby's yeah, laughing we... a little bit. We're still via Zoom. Yes, and we still can't do intros, so it's fine. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. How are you, Bobby? Today, I am good. What we about yesterday? Have... I know you're like, I'm scared. Why did I ask this question? I don't know that I want the answer. So we've had a bit of a stomach bug in our family uh, over the weekend. And I'm thankful to be right here with you guys today because it was not looking so good 12 hours ago. Um, that's how I'm doing. How are you, Alex? <laughs> well, I'm I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, everything, I'm, I, <laughs> I don't have anything to really, that compares to that. Um, I will tell you that um, there's one thing that I kind of noticed regarding like, you know, sick, sickness in general. Um, I used to think that sneezes sometimes were kind of cute and whimsical and fun. You know what's not cute or whimsical or fun in any circumstances anymore? Sneezing. Sneezes. <laughs> makes no difference like how high pitched and and cutesy it is um yep. if you sneeze around me i i flinch i run away and i have like an impulse to hit you uh, to, right to so i i don't like that i think that that's a change in culture i i don't think i'm the only person that used to think that sneezes could sometimes be uh cute and whimsical and fun and they're just they're no longer it's not a thing yeah. I don't know that I've ever thought a sneeze was cute, whimsical, or fun. In, in theater, we have something called uh, dramaturgy. And dramaturgy is the study of, um, like, if we're doing a period piece, okay. um, study of, like, how uh, a scene should be put on based on historical uh, information, right? So okay. uh, it's, it's making sure that things are historically accurate, uh, mm -hmm. costumes are historically accurate, that kind of thing. What's going to be really interesting is like plays and and movies that are based in this time, the things yeah. that people or, or before this time, like you know, people didn't completely freak out when they heard somebody cleared their throat right. uh, in a grocery store, and, and so uh, you know, I feel like actors are going to have to like adjust, uh, you know, thirty years from now when we're doing something that was uh, that takes place in two thousand nineteen. Uh, somebody's going to have right. to tell. Don't wince every time you hear somebody mm -hmm. have a little bit of phlegm just here, you know? Right. Well, and the, are they, the masks are going to have to get incorporated into the costumes as well. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. So did you hear, this is, this is related to masks, I promise. We're going to, it's going to full circle here. Sure. Did you hear Worlds of Fun is reopening June 22nd? I, I hadn't heard that. No. Okay, so they just announced that they send it out, because uh, I'm a season pass holder, so they announced earlier today, we're opening June 22nd, we're opening only to the season pass holders until sometime in July, and I'm like, yeah, we're excited. Then I read the regulations. <clears throat> Masks worn at all times. Okay. It's going to be must, hot. Must schedule going to the park ahead of time. Even if you're season pass holder, you got to schedule a time to okay. go to the park. Okay. You must fill out a health questionnaire for everyone in your party 24 hours in advance. You okay. must have their mobile app on your phone so they can track where you are in the park and you have to take your temperature when you enter the park. Okay, so, so you had me, I was, I was fine. Yeah. Really, until 
you have to have their app on your phone so that they can track where you are in the park. That's the only yeah. thing that in there that really kind of that bugs me. Other than the fact that my, you know, I have like a lot of sweat kind of like right here, you know? Yeah. Well, and how's Charlie going to get around with a mask on all day? Well, she, you know, so we put a mask on her, right? We have like a cute little two-year-old. Right. It's, but it's cute. All day at Worlds of Fun? All day at Worlds of Fun when it's and, that hot. That's going to be tough. Yeah, we're probably just not going to go this this summer. That's kind of my, that's probably where I'm at. And it, so the other thing, uh, you know, people thinking that you're sick, you know, when you're wearing these masks and now that we're getting into some seriously hotter weather, I really do, I, I, I don't, I didn't realize how much my face used, like actually sweats. Like my face sweats yes. so much. And so I have to do the thing sometimes where like I've got some sweat going on and through my mask, I've got to like, I got to like pull, pull on the mask and like pull it away. They can't see you do this, Alex. I know. Yeah. So I'm not demonstrating. I've got to pinch the breathe, like pinch my nose and like pull the mask away from my nose a little bit, which by the way, completely ruins the purpose of the mask at that right. point. Like you can now just yeah, expose the germs everywhere. Touching your face, you know, that's part of the deal is mm -hmm. to keep it from touching your, your face, you know? So anyway, I don't know. Uh, 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 it's hard. This, it this coronavirus thing is difficult, which isn't news to anybody. It's not like you're no. hearing that here first. But. No. And the other thing I keep discovering, and this is not a problem that you have, Alex, because you're a boy. Well, maybe you do have this problem. But I keep, I get ready and then I go leave the house and I go somewhere that requires a mask. And then I forget that I put on lip gloss or lipstick and then it gets on. So I sit in the, I have Kleenex in my car. So I sit in the car and I'm like wiping my mouth off because it took one time of me going, what's the go? And then it's like spread all over the face. It's mm -hmm. the bad, the, the, the struggle is real. It really is. It's and all of this being said, I, 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 I've heard the same thing from Sarah, from, from my yeah. wife. She, she says the same thing. All of this being said, it's worthwhile to wear one when you're going to be around other people. You got to take care yeah. of your, you got to take care of your peers and your colleagues and your friends and your family. So yeah. Um, so and, it's a small price to pay the the yeah. face sweat and the lipstick mm -hmm. on the on the mask you know it's just we're learning like we're the learning. farther we get into this the more that it's just become a part of our routine and you right. know keeping the masks in the car and then rotating when i get home these need to be washed and now we'll put some like now we have multiple masks in the house the, right. the fabric ones and so this one will come out but i keep them in the car so i don't get there and then go ah i forgot and it's just become part of the routine of and when I come out of the store, I leave it on until I get into my car. I've sanitized my hands. Then I can touch and remove the mask. Then I there need to sanitize go. the hands again. Like, it's all just become a part of our routine we're doing. It's going to be like mattresses, Bobby. We're going to have our, you're going to have your summer mask. Yes. And then you're going to have your winter mask. Like, you're going to have to have yes. something, something really nice and lightweight. Mine is a summer, or mine is a winter mask right now. Okay. It's, it's, it's too darn hot. Too I darn just... I just got a baby Yoda mask and I'm really excited about my baby Yoda mask. So there's a bunch of little baby Yodas and one, he's got a little thing of coffee he's drinking and he's super cute. Like it's like your way of expressing some personality while being out and about. It just doesn't have to be. And, and this is my personal opinion. This is not representative of KCRER. I need to say that very clearly. <laughs> Alex is like, Oh God, what is she going to say? Please. To the realtors listening to this, 
please do not be branding your masks and no. handing them out. This is not an advertising thing. If you want to provide masks to your clients and please do that, please help them, but do not take this as that's so tacky. You're so right. So tacky. And that's my, my personal opinion. And I'm not passing judgment on those that do, but I do think it's tacky. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you are correct. I completely agree. That is a, that's not a good practice. Uh, it's funny seeing the debates in the realtor groups on Facebook. Like it's just, there's no middle of the line. Well, maybe sometimes it's, no, it's, I'm no. doing it. I don't care. And some of my, some of my favorite people are doing it. And I'm just like, I cringe a little on the inside. Not, not a fan, not a fan. Now, if I had a mask that matched my crazy socks, Oh, but that's where that's what people need, you know, like sock right. 101, like the, right. the school of sock company that's here based in Kansas City. They need to start making uh, masks that match their socks. Like we really need to make this about fashion. Let's not make yeah. this about promotional opportunities. No. This is about fashion, darn it. That's this, is a, this is a true fashion opportunity that we have. That's right. I, I, I know one thing I need to note. I've said darn in this podcast two times which is a really good indicator that I've been spending a lot of time with my two-year-old. I don't think I've say darn in casual conversation uh, four months Ever. ago. Now, yeah. darn is, uh, you know, yeah, fun stuff. Bobby, what are we talking about today? I'm telling you, Alex, I, I am so excited to do our podcast today with Congressman Cleaver. You know, we started setting this up after we did our one with um, Congresswoman Davids and, you know, she's a rookie. We wanted to get to know her. It, it was perfect sense. And then we're like, wait, we're abandoning our Missouri friends. You know, we, we all know David's now let's get to know Cleaver. And, and I do feel like, you know, I'm up in St. Joe. I'm not one of Cleaver's constituents yet from his eight years that he was mayor of Kansas city from all the time that he has served, you know, as a Congressman, he has just been so friendly to the realtors. He always takes time to meet with us. He's amazing. I feel like I already know him. And so I'm excited to get to know him at a deeper level. And then the timing of this with everything that's happened with the murder of George Floyd and everything that's happened since this timing of having this conversation with him, just, I don't want to say it's ideal because I don't like what's going on, but the fact that we're now having this conversation and it can be about more than just getting to know Congressman Cleaver. I'm excited to have this conversation. Completely. I 100% agree with you. It, the whole, uh, the timing, uh, it, it just happened to, to work out that we're going to be able to have some deep conversations yeah. with them that, um, that, and in real estate, you know, you, you wrote a fantastic article um, and that talked about the color of law, your, Thank you. the, the book from, mm -hmm. I think you talked about last year at one point as a book bit. Um, and, I actually just sent your article to uh, our office and uh, gave Color of Law as a as recommended reading. Another one that uh, that I watched here in the last couple of days that was uh, that I learned a lot from was called um, East Lake Meadows, which okay. is a Ken Burns uh, documentary about a, a housing project in uh, in Atlanta, um, and that was a really I, so I encourage that's encouraged viewing. I would say it's, it was only about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. And I learned a lot about the history of, uh, of low-income housing. Did you uh, say East Lake Burns? East Lake Meadows. East Lake Meadows. Yeah. I can't hear, apparently. 
it's a, it's um, a wild one for sure. No, thank you for saying that, Alex. You know, it, it was really important to me when I issued this, the, my, it was my president's message. I do one every single month, but it was so important that we just didn't issue a statement like so many organizations are doing everywhere and so many companies. Yes, the statement is important, but there needs to be more behind it than just words. And right. what can I do in a president's message? Well, I can't take action. However, I, we had an opportunity to educate our people. And it, there's just so many interesting facets that people, you know, we go through school and we think we've learned all these things. And then we slowly learn um, things, that were, things that were omitted. Yeah. Well, um, what's the book? Lies My Teacher Taught Me is yeah, the book. That That's yeah. a great book. Um, and there's another book. I'm, I'm going to pimp for a moment. I'm in the middle of reading it. And you're going to be able to see this, but they can't. Look how tiny the words are. They're really tiny words. It's 750 pages, but it's called A People's History of the United States. And this is the history of the U.S. told through the eyes of black Americans, told through the eyes of women, told through the eyes of immigrant farmers, told yeah, through right. the eyes of the working class. Yeah. Um, and I, this has been recommended. I started it. It's Howard Zinn. Uh, People's History of the United States. It's a great book so far. Not yeah. my book bit for today because I haven't read it all. <laughs> um, but it, that's what we can, that's the start. We have to understand what's happened to understand what's going on now and how we can help. And we need to take action. And, and just so everyone knows, you're going to be some stuff coming from KCRIR right now. We had an emergency diversity committee meeting last week and we are putting together plans right now so that you'll start seeing um, the actions that we're going to take to put behind the words that we've said. I think that everything you just said is so important. And then when you when you think back, you know, at the very beginning of this year, and actually at the very end of last year, we had that study mm -hmm. on uh, on uh, Long Island and yep, the Newsweek Long Island. The yeah, it yep. was news, news was it Newsweek Newsday Newsday News something something like that. Um, I think it was Newsday uh, a Newsday study um, done where they uh, they did kind of. Uh, undercover interviews with real estate professionals in the Long Island area, and the uh, results were uh, scary. At Dude, that, um, and have you heard the update from that? There were 34 realtors that were exposed with that, and whenever that came out, everybody was, they're all going to get fired, they're all going to get released from their companies. Of the 34, 33 are still with the company they were with before. No okay. actions have been taken. And a lot of the companies that were identified, and I got this from Rob Hahn's uh, article, so shout out to Rob Hahn. Um, but uh, a lot of those companies came out and tried to say, you know, the, the way that they did this study was unethical and it's not an accurate representation and, you know, all, all this stuff. And then those same companies are putting out, uh, you know, one-liner messages like the ones that you just referenced uh, a couple of minutes ago. Um, and it just doesn't feel super genuine. So another another good yep. one to read is Rob Hahn's uh, Rob Hahn's piece on this. So shout out to the notorious Rob. Yep. Yeah. All right. Sorry, we're going all over the place. Are you, nope. you want to talk about your book bit? Sure. It's a short book one today. Book bit. book bit. Are you gonna do it? Oh. Do 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey. Okay. So my book bit for today, it's a book called Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. And I thought this was really important because for a lot of realtors who may be sheltered in place during shelter in place, 
crazy idea and they're back getting their business in place, it's important to remember you, and especially new agents getting into the business, you have to actually do the work. Business just doesn't happen. You have to create the business. So it is actionable tactics and strategies to overcome resistance, which is the force behind procrastination. And you're procrastinating, you know, you feel that resistance inside you building, 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 where if you just did it and got it over with, you would never feel all that. The quote is, the pain of not doing it is worse than the pain of just doing it. Mm. Crazy. But we do. We like to just sit there and fight it. And then once you get it done, you're like, well, that it's like your to-do list. You have those things that you just keep moving from one to-do list to the next to-do list. And then when you finally do it, after you've managed to put it on six to-do list, it takes like five seconds to do. And you're like, why did I take seven months to do this stupid thing? We're laughing and you can't see it because we've all done that thing. And it was like, well, that wasn't so bad. So my three points from the book are, if your work truly matters to you, the fear around it will never subside. There should be fear in doing your work. Henry Fonda had to throw up every single time before coming on stage. If you care, you'll always be worried about your performance. And that's good because it means you're still trying to get better. So if you fear what you're doing, that's good. That's healthy. Second point. Don't take action and reflect at the same time. The worst time to edit something is just after you've written it. Give yourself some time to process um, and distance yourself before judging your work. When in doubt, don't reflect at all. Don't go back and edit your, your, your blog post you just wrote like the second you're done. Give yourself brain time to process it and put it into place and then come back to it. And finally, your work should be the biggest reward for your work. When you feel down and about to give up, look at what you've accomplished already and let it drive your work and ask yourself, how bad do I really want this and why do I want it? Do the work. Good. Stephen Pressfield. Good book bit. Quick and dirty. Quick, quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. All right. We got a few minutes before our guest is going to show up, so we probably ought to wrap this up so we're prepared when he makes his grand entrance. See you on the other side of the ad. Yep. Are you a real estate agent spending hours on end making reports for your clients? Are you paying a bunch of money for advertising with no ROI? Then it sounds like you need the Cloud Agent Suite. Whether it's CMAs, listing alerts, lead generation, or searching the MLS, the Cloud Agent Suite has everything you need to run a successful real estate business. Join over 500,000 agents nationwide who are writing more offers and winning more listings with Cloud Agent Suite. If you're a subscriber of Heartland MLS, you already receive access to CloudStreams and CloudCMA as a benefit. But if you use promo code HEARTLAND, that's all spelled out, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, at cloudagentsuite.com today, you will get access to all the other programs in Cloud Agent Suite for free for 30 days. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR, and we are here with the esteemed Congressman Cleaver from Missouri's 5th District, and if you don't know who he is, man, he was the mayor of Kansas City for eight amazing years, and we are just so blessed to have you here with us. Before we get into this interview, the first thing I want to say is, from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of the heart of Kansas City Realtors, thank you, thank you, thank you 
always taking time to meet with us, whether it's in district, whether it's in DC. I live up in St. Joe. I'm not one of your constituents. I wish I were. Um, but a lot of our representatives do not take time to meet with us, and yet you always do, and that just means so much to us. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, we could go through your bio. You have an amazing bio, but nobody likes bios. I know you just you waved your hand because that's how we all feel about bios. <laughs> that's how I, I'm a speaker. I hate giving my yeah. bio to people. Yeah. But if yeah. we were to take your bio, what's the one thing that matters the most to you and what's the one thing about your personality that you wish came out in your bio well uh, the most important thing uh, just happens just happens to be related to to uh, to real estate or housing or homes uh, you know even if i were talking to somebody uh in in a completely different field and they asked the same question this is what i would say mm -hmm. uh, I, I i grew up in in uh, texas uh in uh, ellis county uh, the, the weird thing is that uh, it's a 26-minute uh, drive from downtown uh, Dallas. Uh, and I, I lived, uh, uh, it's probably maybe halfway between Kansas City and St. Joseph. Okay. And so it's, it's not a long distance, except the, the, the rural uh, world uh, was very real there, even though it was that close to at the time, the second largest city in the state. <clears throat> um, and uh, I, I, I didn't uh, live in a house with indoor plumbing uh, or running uh, water or windows, real windows, uh, for the first seven years of my life. And we moved out of that uh, shack into public housing and uh, I lived in public housing for almost six years. And then um, we, my, our family moved into a, a house uh, that my father uh, purchased uh, in a white neighborhood uh, where a shopping center was being built. And we couldn't live there, so he had it moved across town. And up until last month, uh, my uh, family, my father was still living in that house, uh, and nobody, nobody would even believe uh, where it came from, uh, based on how it looks today and the the, the lawn. And and so we went uh, from a shack to our home, and with that home, uh, my father, uh, you know, created in all of us this. Uh, insatiable desire to always uh, own a home. But that's the most important thing you can do. And frankly, I don't have a lot of uh, opposition to what he said because uh, one, one almost moves to middle classness with home ownership. And uh, if you looked at my father's lawn uh, and compared it with any, any lawns within driving distance, and didn't vote that he had the, the best lawn, uh, he probably wanted to you know, uh, arm himself uh, you know, for, for combat uh, because he took so much pride in it. And I, t and I tell people all the time, uh, you own your own home and it automatically uh, gives you the feeling that you are now a part of the 
uh, American uh, dream that you own, you actually own that little uh, plot of land. And so uh, that I think had more impact uh, on my life and my three sisters uh, than just about anything else. And that was just, would be a story if I was talking about my football career. Right. It just gave me chills um, yeah. hearing, that, hearing that story. I, it wasn't terribly long ago that, uh, that you had to pick up the house and, and move it to a, to a completely different neighborhood. Um, so that's, that is a, uh, um, especially with what's going on in the world right now, you know, when we scheduled this with you and we started uh, talking about uh, meeting with you, we had no idea um, where we would be today um, with with Floyd and with uh, Black Lives Matter movement um, coming to the fruition that it's come to, um, uh, you know, I just uh, we're um, we're really glad to have you today. So so thank you so much for being here. Good to be here. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I I do think that you know we um, we are a great nation that can be much better than we are, uh, and I think. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who 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 are um, able to see that. You know, I spoke to a group of the uh, protesters uh, uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. about maybe four or five thousand of them, uh, right outside the Country Club Plaza here in Kansas City. <clears throat> and uh, when I started, I told them I, that I, they almost brought tears to my eyes because. Uh, you know, I'd been in, involved in, in civil rights issues since I was a little boy. And this was the first time I had gone to a rally uh, such as the one we, uh, that we were having where the diversity was as high as it was. I, I spoke to this crowd of maybe 5,000 people and about 55% of them uh, were uh, white and the rest uh, black and brown people. And then the the uh, Episcopal Church held a an outdoor. Um, uh, I, I don't. It was it wasn't a demonstration, but it was probably a gathering uh, to express uh, their allegiance with those who wanted, um, you know, some changes made in, in the way we uh, function. And the rally was in in the heart of Kansas City's urban community, right off of. Uh, it was on Benton Boulevard. Uh, at about 27th Street, and uh, the crowd was probably 80% white. And for the first time in my life, in a, in a demonstration, I felt like, you know, uh, this is changing things. And a lot of it were, a lot of the, prop, the, 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 the individuals there were young people who were saying, this is not a problem with African-Americans. This is not a black problem. This is an American problem. And our parents have flunked uh, and, and we're, our generation wants to make things right. And man, I, I, it, was a, it, was, it has been so powerful. And the same thing has been repeated all over the country. Uh, and so um, you get the, the veterans uh, of the civil rights community and they'll tell you that when people say, what, what is different about this? Uh, it's the, the 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 level of of uh, participation from people who 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 are not African American who just you know believe that we need to make some changes. So um, you know it's a, it's a different time, and I think I, it's and I feel good about about what's happening. To my eyes, and, and I've I've watched. 
I was I was just going to say from from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like there's uh, you're you're seeing more unity um, in, in this in this movement, and and I'm so glad to hear that. Do you feel like there's uh, there's the same unity uh, in in uh, from your peers in Congress right now? Um, I, I know that we're feeling it here locally. It seems like, and I'm just kind of curious about what the dynamics are like in D.C. Well. Um, there, that's that's far more complicated. Uh, uh, but to answer your question uh, clearly, no, there is not that kind of movement in Congress. However, uh, you know uh, there are individuals um, who I think are interested in trying to make some um, substantive changes in uh, the way we conduct ourselves as members of Congress, because in a real sense. We send out messages, not only domestically, but uh, all around the world when uh, people see us, uh, you know, uh, in an ideological war, which I think is so, so silly. And, uh, but, you know, the, the, uh, the Congress could be the leaders in uh, changing. Uh, you know, if we had, you know, only, only Mitt Romney, <clears throat> um, would would dare to stand up and and uh, and, and march, uh, uh, and and he's not some kind of uh, wild-eyed liberal, uh, but he 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 his position was, hey, look, we've seen I've seen a problem, and uh, and I may not have been aware of it as 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 much as I am now, and so I, I want to make sure people understand these are his words, that black lives do matter, and uh, if we had had um, you know, two or three hundred members of Congress across uh, party lines with locked arms. I mean, can you imagine the statement that would have sent all around the world? You know, people now around the world are. are uh, I was on a live television interview with Alec Witt uh, two weeks ago, and we were having a conversation similar to the one we're having now, and she interrupted me to tell me that she has a friend who is uh, living in Europe. And this is on national TV. And she said, my friend called me and said, Alec, uh, uh, those of us over here in Europe are really want to let you know how sorry we feel for the United States. And she said it hit her. People around the world are feeling sorry for us. And there used to be a time when, uh, you know, everybody in the world wanted to identify with us and we would, in some ways, express our sympathy with them for the problem. So uh, we, we we can get beyond this. I, I'm, I, I when I looked at all those young people, man, I uh, you know I had to fight back the tears. And I am as I am as hopeful right now as I have ever been in my life. You know, I have to say, I I saw the video from when you spoke to the crowd. It was extremely powerful, Congressman. I just because you could see the emo like you could see you were holding back the tears you could see the power and the emotion within yourself you know and i think for so many people you know I, there was a lot of people i've i've always been very outspoken i'm just an outspoken person i love my people i love all my people i've always been um no we're not gonna cry bobby we're good but i think for a lot of people they grew up with saying mm, racism isn't in my heart but I don't need to say anything about it. 
I can just be quiet about it. And I think finally people realize that they think someone else would speak up. And I think finally they've realized no one else is going to speak up. And the children especially realize we have to be the ones to speak up because our parents yeah. aren't going to do it. Um, I grew up in a racist uh, household. I saw how ugly it was. And from the time I was in seventh grade on that I would live a totally different life from my parents and they were divorced. And it just was, it was so dirty. It was so ugly. And I just knew that I had to fight because of that. And I think finally other people are realizing we have to speak with our voices. Um, as president of the association, you know, associations and companies all across the country are issuing statements. But I felt as an association, we can't just issue a statement. And with words, the only thing I could do is educate. And so, I, I, you know, when you were talking about your dad and building the family and, and the, having the house and that being your opportunity to build wealth, I explained to our members and they got shared across the country was, you know, stories from the book, The Color of Law, but specifically of Levittown. And when that development was being built, FHA would not allow people of color to own homes and homes could not be resold to them. And to this day, there is wealth inequality in that area because black families were not allowed to buy in there. And I think the sooner we can educate people that this stuff is still happening to this day, that that will inspire people to action. But Congressman, what else can we do? What can we step out and do that's more than just words? Well, I think your, your industry, um, uh, particularly over the last... Uh, 25 years uh, 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 real estate industry. I mean, you've done a, a lot and, 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 uh, and, and a lot of it was probably uh, just uh, subconsciously. And that is, um, you know, uh, practicing uh, the Fair Housing Act. Um, and, you know, here's the weird thing. The realtors supported uh, trying to uh, update the Fair, uh, updating the Fair Housing Act and we were having trouble out of Congress, and um, uh, and the and the real estate uh, the industry all around the country was saying, "No, we want the Fair Housing Act up updated." Uh, so I, I have to say uh, that uh, the, the realtors tend to be far more progressive than a lot of other industries. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying there's no there are no problems. I'm just saying the things that 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 uh you're doing and support publicly uh you know and and, and our guys here in kansas city uh, i i mean i i uh, i feel close to them and uh will continue to work with them because they are because of what i just said that there's this this uh progressive uh tone to what what you guys are doing and uh and i think you know um uh the 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 future uh, is creating a society where people can work together, live together, worship together. And we're not quite there yet, uh, but I think we can get there. And realtors are going to play a major role in, in helping us, helping us to, to, to make it there, make it to the promised land, as Dr. King would say. Well, so you were our, uh, you were our uh, first African-American mayor in Kansas City. And since then, we've had two African-American mayors back-to-back. -back. And uh, we kind of wanted to ask you um, if you're proud of where Kansas City is today and, and, uh, and what you think of your legacy. Well, you know, uh, I am uh, 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 pleased that Kansas City is a progressive city. 
you know, people believe from others, other places because I'm a, I represent the 5th District in Missouri that this is a majority-minority district, that they're, uh, that the overwhelming majority. Uh, and I have, one of, I have one of the districts represented by one of the, few, uh, the, the fewest um, African-Americans of any district in the country. Uh, we're hanging out around 17, 18 uh, percent uh, black. And so uh, people around, the, uh, my colleagues from around the country are always uh, like, what? What, what, what? What's going on there? Uh, so, um, I, I think, you know, th that uh, people are more and more, you know, voting past their uh, fears and uh, voting for, uh, you know, the future. <laughs> I, I'm proud of a lot of things that, that my, my team and I were able to do from settling the Union Station issue and getting it uh, set on the path to become, uh, you know, one of the, the, the big tourist attractions in Kansas City. Um, uh, or the converting what used to be called the Liberty Memorial uh, to to get the money uh, to uh, you know repair it and redo the uh, uh, or to build a, uh, uh, a museum inside and now it is it is the National World War One uh, Museum and Memorial uh, so we we've done away with the name Liberty Memorial because for whatever reason this is amazing. And I bet most people uh, uh, with us today probably didn't know this. Uh, the, the, the only war that we never, ever, as a nation, uh, memorialized was World War I. So if you go to Washington and go to the, to the mall, the Federal Mall, there's a Vietnam Memorial, there's a World War II Memorial, there's a Korean War Memorial, uh, there is a, all the way back to uh, the uh, War of 1812, but nothing, zero, zilch on World War One, mm. And so uh, because we had built such a majestic uh, 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 tower not far from my office uh, in, in the Liberty Memorial, uh, I introduced legislation to say, okay, the federal government, you, you guys blew it. Uh, Kansas City is waiting and ready to fix it. And it took me uh, almost four years to get it done, but uh, now, uh, we are the the World War One uh, Museum and Memorial for the world. This is the only place you can go in the world uh, to find uh, this kind of memorial museum. So I'm very proud that that we were able to, to get that done, and a lot of other things. 18th and Vine, uh, that was a, a big deal for, for us. And Br Brush Creek, uh, you guys are probably too young to remember how it used to look, uh, but it was uh, it was a mess. And in 1977, 20 people died on the Country Club Plaza. If you can just imagine this, drowned, drowned in, in 1977 on the plaza. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get something passed and, and uh, we began to redesign the Brush Creek to resemble in many ways the San Antonio Riverwalk. Uh, as a former, as a as a form, as a Texan that I grew up as a Texan, I mean I was very familiar with that. So we actually hired the engineer who did the San Antonio Riverwalk, uh, Al Groves, uh, to design Brush Creek. So um, I, I'm glad that none of you can remember how it used to look because it was very ugly, um, and there were all kinds of rumors that, you know, Kansas City ha has historically been the second most 
uh, involved uh, city in, in uh, organized crime. Um, you know, up until the 1980s, Kansas City controlled the, the, uh, the casinos in Las Vegas for the mob. And uh, so we, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, all kinds of wars in Kansas City. And there's always been a rumor around, if you talk to some of the older people, they'll tell you, people always assume that, that if we ever tried to do anything to repair uh, or build a, a different kind of a brush creek, that we we're going to find all kinds of skeletons because the rumor was that back in the day uh, when they killed somebody, uh, they put them in Brush Creek and, and then poured concrete over them. And I'm happy to report, and I did this when I was mayor, reported that we found no bones, no bones uh, during the entire construction period. I think somebody found the, uh, the head of a squirrel once, but that, that was it. I don't think he was, I don't think he was an organized crime squirrel, but he, uh, but we did find him. That is absolutely fascinating. I've learned so much from you in just like five minutes. That's amazing. Um, I don't even know where to go from here. I'm just like, I just, please just keep telling us stories because I love your stories. Um, well, I just want to tell you about that. And one other thing, and I, we can move. We were so deep into organized crime that Pretty Boy Floyd came to Kansas City, shot and killed G-Men at Union Station. The, the, today they're called FBI, but back then they called them G-men, government men. Mm -hmm. So uh, that didn't help our image. But uh, you know, we uh, we got, we had a war here in the 1980s, uh, a, a gang war, and then uh, there was an organized crime task force that was sent in and uh, pretty much destroyed the, the Kansas City mob back back in the 80s. I don't think there's hardly any. Yeah. You, you go ahead. Now go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think there's anything left of it. I thought there, I was reading, I, I go on a kick where I watch all of these uh, mob movies. I don't know wh why, you know, especially during quarantine. That was like my thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I just was kind of curious where the Kansas City mob was at. And I pulled it up and there's like three or four people or something. And they mostly hang out at certain restaurants. And, yeah, yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's big in the, the TV show Ozark. The KC mob is really big in Ozark, so it's... Oh, yeah. Well, if you, if you look at... The next time you, you, you look at The Godfather, they make reference in the movie to Kansas City uh, and the casinos in Las Vegas. Uh, now, we, unfortunately, uh, we, our, our, uh, our history was pretty bad uh, with, with the mob. And it, uh, in some ways, it helped 18th and Vine because uh, it, it helped open it up. Uh, to the world, because uh, this was a party town, and uh, all you have to do is think about the the, the, the most famous song about Kansas City, uh, Going to Kansas City, it was written by two Jewish guys who were teenagers, 18, 19 years old, uh, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. They'd never been to Kansas City, but they'd heard all these stories about Kansas City, so they wrote what, uh, what became a, a, a big hit by everybody from the Beatles to Michael Jackson. Uh, going to Kansas City, and uh, and when you think about it, these these two teenagers, you know, thought, boy, that's such a big party in place. I want to go to Kansas City, so they wrote a song, "Going to Kansas City," uh, and uh, it's been recorded. I mean, everybody has recorded this. I think there are like twenty, twenty-two top uh, artists who were recorded uh, going to Kansas City. Uh, so we have that image around the the, the world uh, uh, to to uh, that we were 
you know, party town. It was the, the people who never went to sleep. Uh, 18th Vine was open all night, all day uh, long. And uh, in some ways, I'm kind of glad we changed that a little. But we still want people to have fun here. But but let's not. We don't. We don't have to, you know, target anybody, uh, you know, anymore. Let's let everybody live and be happy. Yeah. Um. We only have a certain amount of time with you, and we do not want to disrespect your time. We know you have a very, very busy schedule. Um, before we wrap up and get done, what are you hearing most from your um, constituents right now, and what do you think Kansas City needs from Washington? Well, uh, we need, a trans we need a, an infrastructure bill, uh, and we need it desperately. We have a, a housing project that we want to – well, we, 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 need, we need infrastructure, and we need a flood uh, bill. and. Um, I'm hoping that uh, in January, if I if I'm reelected, that I'll end up as the chair of that committee, and 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 uh, I I will go in uh, uh, with uh, myopic eyes, uh, you know, national flood bill, uh, and uh, because if we're going to if we're going to uh, continue development, uh, we got to know, you know, where the floodplains are. And also, we need to understand that water moves. So, what was a floodplain back in the 1950s when the uh, when, when we started mapping out things? It's have changed, and so uh, and it's easier today and a lot less expensive because now we can use drones uh, to to do the the, the aerial uh, uh, photographs. So that that would, that's one thing that I'm I, I think we we have to do, uh, and the other. Um, I think Congress is going to have to to uh, do something uh, to help um, with this summer, and let me tell you why. Okay, we have depression level uh, unemployment. We have over thirty million people who applied for uh, unemployment benefits. Uh, the GDP is pulsating at a whopping one half percent, um, and right in the middle of this pandemic, uh, we have this pandemic uh, initiated economic problem. And, and so we've got to continue to make sure that we provide opportunities for people to work. But just think about this. School is out. We've got all of those things I just mentioned. And parents are in, uh, are in the house unemployed uh, because of the, all of the jobs that have been lost. And then you got these teenagers unemployed. That makes for a really bad situation. And I've been working with Senator Cassidy, uh, Cassidy from uh, Louisiana and Senator uh, Coons from, uh, from um, Wilmington, Delaware, uh, trying to figure out a way that we can use the AmeriCorps uh, uh, organization to hire uh, between 300 and a million kids to do uh, contact tracing and uh, do all kinds of things, working in the airport, greeting visitors, trying to make sure that they are busy uh, and that they have some kind of way to get by clothes for the upcoming school year. Uh, I think if we, if we fail to get that done, we, we, we may have an, uh, another problem on our hands, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I feel uh, rather certain that there are enough of us in Congress uh, who who see this as a problem and who, who, who are willing to do something about it. Uh, but I, I, I enjoy talking to, to, to my friends 
uh, and uh, I know Dan must be watching him, uh, my 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 long time uh, buddy. He has a little he has a little foreign car. Um, that I, 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 you know, he, he was going to let me use it, but I, we couldn't walk, work it out because the, the labor union didn't want me riding in, in that beautiful car because they wanted an American car. Uh, but, you know, it's possible I could drive it out of uh, Missouri to Texas and nobody would know there if, we I go. Had, if I had some support from, say, other realtors. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think you could, we could get <laughs> Well, Congressman Cleaver, we so appreciate your leadership. We appreciate your voice, and uh, and we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and uh, educating us on us of Kansas City history, uh, for sure, um, and and just your words in general about what we're going through as a country right now. Um, we're we're very lucky to have you um, as a friend of the Realtors, um, and we thank you so much for uh, for everything you've done. Yeah, good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you very much.